Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You know how to do it for you. But our mock draft will be done in 10 minutes because we are up to picks 29, 30, 31, and 32. And then at 7 p.m. tonight here on ESPN Radio, you can pick up the actual NFL draft. We are joined by Jordan Reed as our guest now. What's up, Jordan? Let's go. It's draft day, man. I'm yeah. excited. Let's yeah. go, Jordan. Yeah. Let's go. It's like Christmas Day. Christmas Let's go, Day, Jordan. right? Let's get fired up. Unwrap all the fans. Unwrap their presents. Let's do it. All right. It is time for the final day, as I said. We start with the Kansas City Chiefs guys who have back-to-back picks. With the 29th pick, here's our producer, James. Yeah, with the 29th pick in the KJM mock draft. The Kansas City Chiefs select George Karlaftis, defensive end, Purdue. George Karlaftis, defensive end, Purdue. One of the most productive pass rushers last season was Karlaftis, who wins with power, effort, hand use, and raw pass rush instincts. Now, he's not the fastest, and he doesn't have the longest arms, but what he brings as a true 4-3 defensive end to the NFL makes me believe he'll be a starter very early in his career. I love this pick. I think George Karloftis is one of the better defensive end prospects in this entire draft class, and getting him at number 29 overall, I think that would be a home run selection for the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs get a lot of pressure up the middle with Chris Jones. Frank Clark hasn't really worked out the way that they thought he would when he came over from Seattle. But getting Karloftis, one of the younger prospects at 21 years old in his draft class, I think this is exactly what the Chiefs need. When I look at when I look at Karloftis and I see some of the traits of a, a young Jared Allen, a former Kansas City Chiefs, Minnesota Viking defensive end, not a lot of speed around the edges, nothing. He's a lot of power in the run game, but I question the speed in going against quarterbacks in the National Football League in this day and age. Guys that can move around is very mobile, but I do like the pick. It is time for the 30th pick. And the Kansas City Chiefs are still on the clock. James Boo. is still here with the next pick. Home run pick. Is that what is that what the that first pick was? A home Another run pick? One. Is that what I is that what I heard? That's what I heard. With the 30th pick <laughs> in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Jahan Dodson, wide receiver, Penn State. Jahan Dodson, wide receiver, Penn State. Dodson is an explosive wide receiver. He had 91 catches for 1,182 yards and 12 scores, including six in his final four games this year. He has arguably the most reliable hands in the class. There is some concern about his size, but he makes up for his lack of size with his elite ball skills and excellent body control. Another pick that I'm a huge fan of. I like Jahan Dotson. I love the player. He reminds me a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. He kind of can be that high-end wide receiver, too. And they're still trying to replace Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill is one of one. There's no other player on this planet that can do what he does. They signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. Now to complete that committee approach, trying to replace Tyreek Hill, you bring in Jahan Dotson. I think he's very polished as a route runner. This is a terrific pick. See, I, I don't like this pick. Jordan right here for the Kansas City Chiefs, I look at it as a situation where they would be reaching at the receiver position. If you go back and you look at the history of Andy Reid, 
he doesn't select receivers in the first round. And I know everybody wants to replace Tyreek Hill. He's always gotten his best value for guys in the second and third round. Deshaun Jackson, for instance, out of Cal when he was in Philadelphia. Tyreek Hill, later round pick here in Kansas City. The last time that I think he took a first round pick, how did that work out in Philadelphia with Freddie Mitchell? So a home run pick and a terrific pick. I think I've had the uh, best mock draft out of everyone. Well, except this Key. Year. Key is saying not so much. Uh, Jordan likes it very much. Did, did Key convince you at all with his run. argument just then, Jordan? He didn't. I like Jahan Dotson. I think Andy Reid can scheme him open. I think he can do a lot of things. But I understand and I respect the argument as far as him having success with some later round wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It's time for the penultimate. From context, you guessed it. That's the second to last. Penultimate. 31st pick in the first round. The AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, one play away from the Super Bowl championship this year, are on the clock. Here's Jordan Cornette with the pick. With the 31st pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Travis Jones, the defensive tackle out of UConn. I understand UConn is not a football school, but this young man, Mighty talented, was dominant at the Senior Bowl, an absolute space eater in the middle. He fits the build with what the Bengals like to do up front defensively. Think about the three-headed monster when you insert Jones alongside DJ Reader and BJ Hill. Oh, by the way, Trey Hendrickson on the outside, and this is a rugged group that'll be very stout up front. Travis Jones, defensive tackle, UConn. Jones is a massive nose tackle with the strength to hold his ground at the point of attack and press blockers off his frame. He has good upper body strength and a powerful club to swim move rushing the passer. He doesn't close well, however, and stalls out too much. He is talented and can dominate, but is a much better run defender than pass rusher. Like the player, don't like the pick, just because they already have big DJ Reader in the middle to eat up those blocks, and it's kind of redundant with both those guys playing that one-technique position in the middle. I would rather go a corner right here. I think Cincinnati has a huge need at cornerback, so that's where I would have went with this pick. I agree with Jordan on this with Cincinnati. If you think about their problems, it was their secondary that let them down against the Rams in the Super Bowl. So I would certainly be looking at the cornerback position, the space eater that's there, and DJ Reader's already there. So you would be duplicating the same personnel. I don't necessarily like to pick. Cornerback would be where I would go. And now for the final pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Detroit Lions are on the clock in a pick acquired for Matthew Stafford. Last night, last year, I suppose we mean this year. Last night, boy, that's something. They just traded for Stafford again. Here's Daniel Dopp from the Fantasy Focus podcast with the pick. With the 32nd and final pick in the first round of the KJM draft, the Detroit Lions select six foot two, 200 pound safety, Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Who also happens to run a 43741 Pride, baby! Woo! <laughs> Lewis Seen, safety, Georgia. Seen had 125 tackles and 12 pass breakups as a starter over the past two seasons. He is far superior in deep zone coverage than he is in man to man. His ball production is a question because he had just two interceptions. He's not an overly physical run defender and will get stuck on blocks too often. He is talented enough, though, however, where he could be a starting free safety as a rookie. 
Love the player and love the pick. Just because if you're thinking about it, Detroit just needs playmakers on defense. They don't have anybody to drive jersey sales there. People are still wearing Matthew Stafford jerseys in Detroit. I think Lewis Seen can be that type of enforcer on the back end, and you better keep your head on the swivel when he's in your parameters just because he's looking to knock your block off. I think this is a good pick, like you said, Jordan, when you talk about what is it that Detroit needs. They need everything. They need every position on the football field. And why not start at the safety spot with the last pick that you got for Matthew Stafford? Uh, I, I have one quick, quick question about that, guys. Going back to the 31st pick, just for a second before we move on, because I want to get into the quarterbacks. You guys say you'd like to see Cincinnati draft a corner there. But at a certain point in the draft, you're not going to get an impact corner, right? Is it better, do you think, whether it's redundant, whatever, to go draft for an area of need if there's not an impact player or just take the best available player if you're picking 31st in the first round? Well, I mean, I'm all for the best player available approach, but you have to take the best player available that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that one technique or that nose tackle spot just doesn't make sense to me just because you're not going to rotate – these big guys in the middle. But, I mean, like even, but the corner, if there's no yeah. great corner there, you'd still go corner or maybe look at a safety or something else. Yeah, I mean, you can go safety. They have a need of safety alongside Jesse Bates. You can go cornerback. Cincinnati just needs playmakers on the perimeter of their secondary. They have the back end guy in Jesse Bates. Well, Cincinnati needs a playmaker, you know, in the secondary. A lot of teams, or so, well, not a lot of teams, usually there's high demand for quarterbacks, right? But this draft is not known as a great quarterback draft yet Malik Willis who's the guy clearly I think everyone says the consensus most upside goes in our mock at three Kenny Pickett we we don't do trades okay so Kenny Pickett did not go in the first round how realistic is it in the real draft tonight that Pickett does not go in the first round Jordan I would be really really surprised especially when you're considering some teams have those high second round picks that could be trading back up Seattle is one team they have number 40 and 41 overall, so they could be looking to get into the back end of the first round, kind of like what we saw with Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson a couple years ago in 2014 and 2017 when those guys went with the number 32 overall pick. But I still think Pickett, at worst, his floor is to the Steelers at number 20 overall. Jordan, do you think we'll see a lot of uh, movement for teams trading up since there aren't those kind of – I know you said Kenny Pickett probably be a first-round draft selection – but since there aren't those blockbuster-type names like we saw last year with the Justin Fields, that there won't be as much movement? I don't think so, just because there's no guy at the top that teams are just falling over themselves to trade up for. That's what makes this draft so unique. And then also, you have eight teams that have multiple first-round picks. So 16 picks in this draft are going to be made by eight teams alone. So this draft is going to be – the mystery of this draft is what makes it so intriguing. That is Jordan Reed giving the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Thank you, Jordan. And now we get back to the NBA. My Orlando team is the AC. No one gives me credit for getting up against the Pistons who won the title. That was an AC. Go look at the. I want you to go back and look at that roster. I, I dare you to go back and look at that roster, and you would say. What a hell of a coaching job. That Hawks loss last year was terrible. And it sits in people's craw still today going, how the hell did that ever happen? <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. So, Doc, will you just, you know. Nobody listen. gives me credit. Yeah. We're playing the sound again. Listen, go ahead. Yeah, Key. No one gives me credit, and just look at my team. I, I was in Orlando, and 
That was the eighth seed, even though I had Tracy McGrady. No one gives me credit. But, Doc, aren't people giving you credit? It's just that we're telling – when you say tell the whole story, now we're telling the other part of the story, right? Yeah, but I don't want you to tell that story. I want you to tell the story about where we are now. All right. Okay. <laughs> Doc lost seven. Oh, this is amazing. We got Doc for this interview. Uh, he's lost seven of his Doc last hate eight. Me. Yeah, you're going in. He's lost seven of his last eight with an opportunity to close out the series. Um, and so, listen, this is a weird stat. 31 losses in those games. You think, my first thought is, like, wait, 31 losses? But he's been in, thir- no, no, not 31 series. But if you're, de- if you're up 3-1 and you collapse, those are three losses, right? So you do that enough times up 3-1 or 3-2. He has 31 losses, which is the most by a coach in NBA history with an opportunity to close out a series. He's the only coach in NBA history, Jay, to blow three three one series leads. So here's Doc being asked about that as his Sixers are up three two, but they were up three oh. Well, it's easy to use me as an example, uh, but I wish y'all would tell the whole story with me. All right, um, my Orlando team is the HC. No one gives me credit for getting up against the Pistons who won the title. That was an HC. Go look at the. I want you to go back and look at that roster. I, I dare you to go back and look at that roster, and you would say, "What a hell of a coaching job!" <laughs> really? I mean, um, the Clipper team that we lost three-one. Chris Paul didn't play in the first two games and was playing on one leg, um, and we didn't have home court. And then the last one, to me, is the one we blew. That's the one I said we blew that. And that was in the bubble. And anything can happen in the bubble. There's no home court. Game seven would have been in L.A., you know. Um, but it just happens. So I would say with me, some of them is we got, I got to do better always. I always take my own responsibility. Uh, and then some of it is circumstances happen. You know, this one, let's win it, and we don't have to talk about it. So this reminds me of my freshman year at Duke. I play a horrible game against Virginia, and I can't guard this action off pick and roll. And we're watching tape after the game. And coach is like, all right, so, Jay, you got hit by the screen. How come you didn't get over it? I was like, well, there was miscommunication. You know, definitely be then let me know the screen was coming up. Okay, next play. Oh, I got stuck to the screen again. Jay, what happened here? Well, Boozer didn't really communicate. Like, the, the movement of the, the back end of the zone, I didn't really know. All right, third time. Oh, well, I, I kind of slipped on the seat. He's like, you know what? I just want you to own it. Well, you know what, coach? You're right. I, I don't want to hear accountability on a back end after you just gave me a whole bunch of excuses. That was Coach K's reasoning to me at 18 years old. I'm listening to the Doc Rivers sound, and I'm saying, why are you giving me a whole bunch of excuses? Just tell me that you didn't get the damn job done. You know how you get the job done? Go out and win this game. Beat Toronto on the road. I hear you trying to describe and give people detail to how it came to this point. But the reality is, what's happened lately, Doc? Like, become aware. The last couple of years... You got kicked out of the Clippers. Kawhi, Paul George didn't vouch for you. You blew a 3-1 lead, and you had a 16-point lead against the Hawks in Game 4. You had a 26-point lead against the Hawks in Game 5. You blew it. I hear you. Squad and win the games, man. Oh, I don't it's not just excuses. collapsing up 3-0 or up in the series. It's collapsing up in the series when you're up big in the games Thank in you. which you're losing. Thank you. As promised an hour ago, the return of Alan Hahn. Alan, you, you heard all that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, the Doc Rivers slander needs to stop. Key, key, it's, a, it's a hilarious uh, a bit, though. It actually is really funny. But this is a guy that, remember, he, 
he had a five-year span where he won a championship, went to the finals, and got to a conference finals against uh, you know, the Heat and the Big Three. I mean, he does know how to win. That, that, that Clipper team was a little flaky. And let me read you some of the names off that, that Magic team. All right? I, don't know, I know it's Tracy McGrady. Right. You had him. You also had Pat Burke, Andrew DeClerc, Pat Garrity. I can't even pronounce one of these names. At like, one come point on, in man. their like, lives, they were all the best player on their high school teams and stuff yeah, like well, that, Alan. Oh, oh that, we're going to do that now, but right? Everybody Alan, in the NBA can, is a great player. I mean, come on. Like, Alan, you can understand. Playing the Pistons that won a championship Alan, the next year. Alan, you can understand that over the last couple of years, the way it's looked, though. Yes. Yes. It's looked really bad. Really bad. You're right. Alan, what about the fact that he's – look – I don't want it, it. I feel sad listening to Doc now because it's like, oh, Doc, why are you? What about the fact that he's publicly that's defending dif- himself like yes. this? That's the different question now. Right. That is a guy that knows what's coming exactly. and is trying yeah. to give you the oh, preemptive yeah. strike. What, what Doc is doing is a classic PR move. Let me get it out there first so I can control the narrative. That's what he's doing. And it's brilliant, but it does also make me think. Like, damn, like, instead of saying, ah, I believe in my team, we're good, we're fine, we're, we're f- like, you know, we just had a hiccup, we just got to correct some things, we'll be fine, give me some coach speak. He didn't, which is another reason to believe that there are cracks in the foundation of this team and that an epic meltdown could happen. Yeah, you know what, though, Alan, he's a little nervous, mm-hmm. and he sees it, right? All of a sudden, you go back and you think about a year ago in the whole Ben Simmons yep. drama and in everything that went down, you go back even a year before that, the being fired from uh, the, the Clippers, and now you got Mike D'Antoni hovering around somewhere in the Philadelphia area, and the rumors are starting to circulate. And yep. now, all of a sudden, you're in this situation where you can close them out tonight, or then you or you can go back home for a game seven, which you don't want to do. And and it's the stress level that's there. You can hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the little bit making fun of it, but you can hear it in his voice that he is certainly nervous in this situation right now. And he should be. And here's why. I was watching one of the games, and in the huddle, he's talking to the group. Then he puts his fist in. As you guys all know, the coach puts his fist in. Everybody puts their fist in. It's whatever you want to say, right? He puts it in. Harden is directly across from him, and James Harden ignores it. And then Sam Cassell put his fist in, and then Harden put his fist on Cassell's fist. Mm-hmm. Am I reading too much into that, Jay? No, you're But th- not. there's little things like that. So it could be D'Antoni. It could be Sam Cassell. But Doc sees a lot of that stuff going on behind the scenes, what I just saw in that huddle, that little innocent moment. And it makes me wonder if Doc's thinking to himself, this guy's like, – just like Ben Simmons didn't respond to Doc. The same thing's happening if James Harden is looking at Doc like, nah, that's not my coach. But, uh, and so I wonder if there's a lot of that going on, and Doc sees it knowing sort of Damocles is hanging over my head. Like, when, when, whatever happens here, I'm the guy that's going to take the fall. I'm the guy that's going to take the blame. And so he's talking this way as someone, instead of being defiant, no, nah, no, nah, we're good. I know we are. You know, we got to adjust some things. Whatever it is, instead, he's setting it up for when this thing fails, let me tell you what you should be talking about. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So after practice the other day, Alan, they were throwing around a football and it was caught on social media and it started trending and everybody's, you know, having fun and being loose. And mm. I, I get sometimes as a player, like, hey, you don't want to, when, when your back is against the wall to a degree in a closeout game, you don't want to be as serious or as, as um, you know, as closed off yep. or as tight, right? right? But when you combine that little snippet with the entire body of work, 
with the Joel Embiid saying, I don't know. You have to ask Doc why James Harden isn't being more aggressive. <laughs> I'm like, Joel, why are you pointing the finger to Doc? Why don't you tell James Harden yourself? And why are you even talking about Doc Rivers at a post-presser? Keep that stuff internal. Mm-hmm. When you feel all of it, you're like, man, this just team doesn't feel like they have it. They don't have it, man. No, it's amazing, too, because the first five games, it looked like they really did. And then you see the way Maxi has developed, and you think – Wow, there could be something special here. But when there's a disconnect in the locker room, Key, Jay, you guys know this just from your own experience, if you've seen it or other teams. When there's a disconnect in the locker room, especially when it's among the star players, especially when it's between a star player and a coach, everyone feels it. You can't deny it. And when you get Embiid saying things like also a few plays, we were not on point, we didn't have each other's backs. It's the playoffs, man. And you don't feel like guys have each other's backs? You got for a team that was talking championship, no, nah, they, they've got issues. You got yeah, to be good the, the to be up three zero in all these series. You got to have talent. You got to be good, but there's got to be something wrong if you can't close the deal. Throwing of the football, Allen. That doesn't. What, what does that mean? Okay, we're staying loose with throwing the football around. Or, Playing catch. And yeah. we, we, why is that such a big deal that they throw the football around to get their minds off of whatever uh-huh. is going on? It, it's nothing wrong. It's like going to play golf. Michael Jordan went and played golf many times to get his mind off of whatever was going on. That's what people do. They do things to distract themselves from what they know could potentially be bad or whatever the case is. So I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, look, the Joel Embiid comments here and there, you, you, you look at it at, you start to nitpick on that because it does send a signal as if, 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 if in fact, everybody is on the same page. But in the end... I think Doc and the Sixers get it done, and we won't even be having this conversation next week. Well, we will because it'll be about facing a Heat team that they have no chance of beating. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this will be over in the second round again. And for Joel Embiid, the the, the odometer keeps rolling on him, and he's now wondering if if he still has the right guy next to him. Uh, in that locker room riding shotgun because it wasn't Ben Simmons. No. And now it's James Harden. He's got to wonder, am I, going, am I really going to go to war with this dude? Like, like, like think about it. Joel is, has finally reached that point, and it's taken a couple of years, but he's gotten there now these last two years of a guy who's taken his career seriously. Like, you know, he's taking it all seriously now, and you love it. But yet he's looking around him going, I need another – obviously, you need another guy at that level to go do it with you. And he's yet to find that guy. And, and I don't Alan, know if James Harden is that guy. And Allen, the guy that's going to be him in the next round, was the guy they should have had next to him to begin with. Allen Jimmy, Hahn, Jimmy ladies and gentlemen. Mm. He said a lot. Thank you, Allen. All right, All right guys. Speaking we'll of up. throwing the football, Key don't like that being pointed out as something that shows you're not serious. Who would Key rather having have him? Th- sorry. <clears throat> what? Who would Key rather have throwing him the football? Jeez. Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett? That's next, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, we have our uh, NFL draft coming right up. Not the, how many hours from now? It's not, our coverage begins at 7 p.m. It's 9.32 Eastern. And I didn't major in math, but by my calculations, <laughs> we're under 10 hours. It's quick math. We're nine hours and 27 minutes and change. Way to use that Columbia University uh, degree. One for nothing. Look at that. Columbia. All right, we are ready to play Take Your Pick NFL Draft Style. And we welcome in Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst. What's up, Harry? HD! What's up, fellas? How y'all doing this morning? Let's go, What's baby. up, Harry, baby? What's happening? <laughs> 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 Rumors have it that it could now be Trayvon Walker, number one overall to the Jags. For so long, it was Aiden Hutchinson. Remember in the middle of the year, it's Thibodeau. Even when he wasn't playing, it was Thibodeau, right? It was Evan Neal for a minute. No, it's Icky. It's a lot of different dudes right now. Trayvon Walker. So we start with take your pick. Harry Douglas, Aiden Hutchinson, or Trayvon Walker? I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker. I like his upside. A guy that ran a 4-5-1 at the size that he is. I think the versatility that he plays with or, or he has that teams can utilize uh, when he does get drafted. When you look at him, he plays violent. He's great with his hands. You never really see offensive linemen. Taking the, taking the fight to him. He's usually taking the fight to those guys. He can play on either side of the ball, left or the right. Um, he didn't have much individual success, but I think that was more so on Georgia and how many guys they had and how they rotated in Kirby Smart and his defense. I'm, I'm following you piggybacking. I am taking Trayvon Walker in this particular situation. Aiden Hutchinson, I understand that he got a ton, a ton of double-digit sacks at Michigan, no question about it. He is a phenomenal player and will have a long NFL career. But Trayvon Walker has a tremendous upside. Harry mentioned running the way he ran at 300-plus pounds. He is such a dominant force coming off the edge in the SEC. I like him. Yeah, I'll take Hutchinson. Give me production over projection uh, any day, most of the part. And I understand that Walker comes from a ridiculously stacked Georgia defense. But from what I've seen from Hutchinson, just the consistency on an every-down type of relay, I, I like that. Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, take your pick, Harry Douglas. Oh, where are the rest of my options? Just joking, guys. Yeah. Um, I'll say, if you're looking for the future, I'm taking Malik Willis. The thing about it, he's just raw and still has to be coached up in a lot of areas, uh, throwing the football down the middle of the field. But Kenny Pickett, you, 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 I don't know his upside. I don't know how much better Kenny Pickett's going to get. But we do know that a guy like Malik Willis can get better and can be better and probably will be better at the next level. So I'm going to take Malik Willis. I'm, I'm taking Malik Willis in this situation. I watched Malik Willis play a handful of games at Liberty University. I got an opportunity to see him up close in person. But Matt Miller, our NFL draft guru, came on the show a couple weeks ago and convinced me that Malik Willis was the guy based on some of his off-season work, private quarterback coaching, because when you saw him in doing the year against Ole Miss and some of the other games, Syracuse and those type of teams, he didn't look like a 
ready-made products. He was a lot of sloppiness with his footwork, delivery of the football. But based on the offseason and what Matt Miller says, I believe in that. I think it's Malik Willis. Yeah, I'll go with Willis here. Higher ceiling brings mobility at the quarterback position. And honestly, that's becoming more and more part of the offensive play style in the NFL. I'll go with Willis. <laughs> Key, you know me. If uh, you have a pro day or you're at the combine good. and There's you start to look good. Oh, the I'm sizzle. taking it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson, Harry Douglas? I'm taking Kayvon Thibodeau just because you he's the prototypical, right? If you take a picture of a guy at the defensive end position and what he should look like, Kayvon Thibodeau is that guy. I like how explosive he is. He has the good hips, the speed, the power. Um, a guy that you can actually drop in coverage as well. The only thing that we, we talk about with Kayvon Thibodeau, can he do it on a consistent basis? But I will tell people this. When you have a defensive end, all they have to do is have two good plays. That's two sacks. You get two sacks a game. How many is that, y'all? That's 34. So mm. I'll take Kayvon Thibodeau. Look, Kayvon Thibodeau is somebody I'm going to take in this situation because I believe if you get him in the right situation with the right coach, to light the fire under his rear end, you will see maximum production out of him. I've known Thibodeau since he was in junior high school, okay? And so it's very disappointing to watch his college career because he had so much upside and potential that I don't think Oregon got the best out of him in Mario Cristobal. They allowed him to be relaxed and kind of just be the alpha dog and do things the way he wanted to. The right NFL coach with the fire under his butt, he could potentially turn into a Von Miller-type player. Yeah, I'll take Thibodeau. HD, don't you think that seeing him slide down in the draft and all this talk you're hearing about people questioning his motor will motivate a guy like this? Yeah, I, I believe so. And he's a guy who, who's very intelligent, too. He's a smart kid. And uh, I think a team is going to get lucky by him dropping, though, as well. Damn it. He talked me out of Thibodeau. Now he's talking me back into him. Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner? HD. This is a no-brainer for me. I think Derrick Stingley Jr. is the best corner in the draft. I'm going to take y'all back to 2019 with the top four corners who were drafted in the 2020 draft. Uh, after that season was Jeff Okuda, C.J. Henderson. Then you had A.J. Terrell. Then you had DeMond Arnett. The only guy in the NFL right now that's actually doing something is A.J. Terrell. If Stingley was able to come out in 2020 draft, he would have been the first corner taken then. The only concern that you have is the injury stuff, but he can play zone. He can play man. I love the way he locates the football down the field. That's one of the things that corners struggle with. Not to mention he went against Jamar Chase, Dustin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, those guys at Alabama, C.D. Lamb, Terrence Mar uh, oh. Ter uh, Justin Ross, and T. Higgins at Clemson. So he's been against the best. So I'm going with Derek Stingley Jr. I'm taking the sauce out of Sauce Gardner, and I'm going to roll with that. I think when I look at it, Yes, he's long, he's fluid. He's a guy that reminds me a lot of Camardi, the former New York Jet cornerback. Big and strong, not afraid to mix it up. Didn't play against a lot of top-line wide receivers, but that's okay. If you get him in there and you coach him up right, all man-to-man -man coverage, read the hips of the receiver, you'll be fine. Teaching a guy how to tackle and zone in the National Football League, when you're willing to do it, it won't be a problem. I like Sauce Gardner over Stingley because I don't like injured players, and I know he had a phenomenal freshman year, but LSU was a loaded team, and their secondary is always good in college. I guess I'll go with Sauce if I'm forced to choose one, but I think both are going to be great at the next level. I wonder if if they call them Sauce Stingley, if this would even Sauce be Stingley. a debate, huh. right? <laughs> Sauce is part of this, man. You got yeah. the nickname for the sure. Sauce. Sauce. Uh, 
Drake London or Jamison Williams? Harry. I'm going with Jamison Williams. I'm going with the speed. I'm going with the ability to be able to start and stop and start uh, and still have that burst, a guy that can run routes. I think the best thing that happened to Jamison Williams was John Mitchell getting hurt and him having to go inside and showing people that he can do it uh, in the intermediate and the short game, passing game as well. The man played gunner, and he wanted to do it. The man played returns, and he wanted to do it. That told me everything I need to know about Jamison Williams. Here's what I'm going to say. Jamison Williams is a great pickup, a home run hitter. But I'll be a damn fool to get on this television show and not a radio show and not take Drake London out of USC. Are you crazy, Harry? A big body receiver going in high point in the football. He's a mismatch in the red zone for any corner. Ex-basketball player, so we know he got attitude. Right, Jay? Right. Well, and if the Jets pick him up, they just need to go find their Wayne Krebet, and they could be just like old times. All right. Harry Douglas, Garrett Wilson, or Chris Olave? I'm going to go with Chris Olave. Um, I think Chris Olave is the best route runner in this draft at the wide receiver position. He's consistent. He can beat you at all three levels. Um, he's a great route runner, not a good route runner. That's the difference I have in him and, and, and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's a floater, and he has more explosion. But Chris Olave's fast and speedy guy as well. I, I, I like Chris Olave, but I'm going to take Garrett Wilson in this situation. I just feel like Garrett Wilson is more complete. I don't know that Chris Olave, yes, he is a great route runner, but I don't feel he's complete. I think he's a guy who can take the top off the ball, do some other things. But if he's not getting the football in his hands, how valuable is he to you? Garrett Wilson can certainly intermediate routes, deep ball, uh, uh, shallow crosses, small things that matter when you play the receiver position. He is not interested in just uh, the speed guys. He wants full, complete football players. Harry Douglas, meantime, is live in Las Vegas. I would have took Harry Douglas. Football player. And he will be part of ESPN's draft coverage across social media platforms like the ESPN app, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter with Dominique Foxworth, Mina Kimes, Jason Fitz, and Spencer Hall. Thank you, HD. All right, HD. Hi, fellas. Is that high def? Is that what that means? Yeah, in high def, because he makes everything so crystal clear for us to understand. Who will the Jaguars take first overall tonight? Wait until you hear the change Mel Kuyper Jr. has made at the top of his mock draft. Key says, take it to the bank. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Just... <laughs>
Come on, get on top of everything happening social media wise and the metaverse, guys. It is like I, I mean, I hear it when I say it to you, Jay. But Key and Key and I really, we it's like you discovered fire. We're all cavemen, and Key and me are making fun of you. Oh, we have these uh, furs to keep us warm. We don't need your fire. I'm like, use a lighter. To make a fire. No, a we'll do it with sticks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hear about these NFTs, though. I'm like, key in real life. I'm living in the hood, but in the uh, metaverse, I, I I'm living right next door you know, to everyone rich and famous, and I got a beautiful place. I know some. I know some very uh, smart, intelligent financiers. Mm-hmm. I know CEOs of companies, and I've had conversations with a few of them. Hey, man, tell me a little about the C- NFTs and the crypto stuff. They can't really explain it. Explain That's all. It. I'm like, you know what? Never mind. Because when I ask you, you can't just explain it. That tells me you got reservations. So I'm following your lead because you got a mountain of money and you did it the right way. So I'm going to do it the right way right behind you. Question. If OBJ got that closet in real life with that, anyone who has this, look it up online. Odell got a like an airline hangar built in his house in Cleveland with sneakers. What does it look like in the metaverse if that's his actual closet? <laughs> that, that can't even be real. I no, think that might be his NFT, Jay. No, you can, you can, it's not, that's oh, it's not an guys, NFT. Guys, okay, sorry, so sorry. You, actually an could, NFT. you could do, so, you, you know Nike has a store in the metaverse, right? You know you can go in the metaverse and purchase items for your avatar, for yourself, which you're actually spending your money that gets translated into Ethereum, for product oh, in the metaverse. Just to let you know. Whoever by the way. runs it, whoever. So, so, wait, so, 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 whoever runs Nike, Phil Knight doesn't know what he's doing, Key. Call, call up Phil no, Knight. No, I'm saying he knows what Ask he's doing. Phil knows what he's doing. He knows and what he's doing. About he Jay, he knows what he's doing, but Key, he's the one selling those fake sneakers. I was just about to, I was just about to say, you falling for that, huh? Okay. I'm not okay, falling for that. I'm, I'm paying attention to what kids are doing. When you walk around, mm. you see kids always on the phone, they're always living in a virtual reality. So now, you, uh, Key, have you ever tried Oculus? I'm going to get you an yes. Oculus. No, I, you yeah, see no, your I, house. For sure. Yeah, for sure. so you go, if you want an architect, you go, you put on your Oculus, you see oh, what yeah. your house looks like. Mm. That's yeah. called virtual reality, boys. Yeah. Welcome to what When you're hungry, you should like. put on your yes. Oculus Don't and have I'll a steak. See how you feel. you guys around in yes. your damn wheelchairs in the metaverse. Key, That's key. True. when you're hungry, you should put on the Oculus and have a nice steak. See how you yes. feel after. If you're hungry, it, you're not... It, in real and life, you'd be hungry. The, but wait, it, look, when you stick the fork in a steak and yeah. it goes right through, right through, and you went to put it in your mouth and it's not there, then what? <laughs> then what? <laughs> in the metaverse, I'm full. I'm starving to death in real life, but in the metaverse, oh, I can't fun. have another we're bite. Fun. We're making fun of Jay, and in about a year, he's going to buy the Denver Broncos. We'll be yeah, like, hook, be like hey, Yo, hook us up, Jay. Hook us up, Jay. No comment. Hook us up, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> we're back in five seconds. In real life, we're back in five seconds. 10 seconds. What's the radio? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Doc Rivers will not be coming on Keyshawn J. Will and Max anymore after. How many no. people here are Doc Rivers fans? <laughs> I'm a legit Doc Rivers fan. That's why it, this pains me. But, Key, the real is we did tell the whole part of the story. That's why he's a top 15 coach all time because everyone understands. But this is also part of the story. You can't get away if from it. If they lose this series, will he remain a top 15 coach of all time? Yes, because he will then get another job. 
This would be his. Key, if, it, it's it, never been done in NBA two. history. A team up 3-0 has lost a series. This would be his fifth job. No, I get it. I don't, think, I don't, get, think, I don't think they're going to lose to Toronto, though. I, I, okay, if they lose, I, I think they're going to lose tonight. I do. And just it's a toss-up in game seven. If they lose this series, should Doc Rivers still be a top 15 coach of all time? In the metaverse or in, in the real world? In, in this you world gave, that we you live gave in. Max, Max, Max is, Max's Max's head ground. is the metaverse. I don't understand what he doesn't understand about this. Have you seen some of the takes he comes up with? He oh, lives in the metaverse. Takes. I, think he, I think he will still be a top 15 coach. Wait. Well, no. Hold on. Hold on, Jay. You mean top 15 all time or top 15 in the NBA? Well, that, that's and all time in the NBA. NBA. He's top oh, okay. I didn't, know if, I didn't know if you meant like oh, right no, now, no. presently. Uh, yeah, he would still be a top 15. How are you going to take that away from me? It, key, it's never been done in the history of the it, NBA. I get it, but you already got him in the top 15. How are you going to take well, him out? Well, because history goes because on. Because history like, keeps key, going. Key, what you just said, the question you just asked. By the way, Keyshawn J. Willemax brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Um, key, the, what you just said is real. Like, is he a top 15 in the NBA right now? Because there no, are no, 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 no. I didn't know if that's what you No, Jay no, what I'm saying is part of, of the reason the answer. Of But part right of the now. reason you have to start counting the coaches is because every generation, every year, right, there are we, – we, Coaches add to their legacy. Guys come up. The reason the NBA has to expand from top 50 to top 75 is because it's been 25 more years. There are more players now. So Doc was top 15. There are more coaches now, and that was before he blew all these series leads. So if you, if you blow three 3-1 no, still- leads in NBA playoffs, and then you're telling me if they blow this series up 3-0, which has never been done before, in the history of the playoffs, I can't have you as a top fifteen coach. How many? All how time. many? Jay? How many? And and I know you probably know the don't really necessarily know the math off the top of your head. But since he won his championship with the Celtics, how many different NBA head coaches have won championships since then? Since then, I mean, they won it in. And, and, and the reason I'm while, asking you this I mean, is I want to get somewhere. While you're I'm, looking I'm, that up, may I say once again, Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. And you're saying since Doc won the championship? By the way, yeah, how many it's a big thing to so win they, a title. He did win a title with a big three in a, a league in which two, there was no other big three two, a, a, a lot around. So they won a title in, two, they won a thousand, a title in 2008, so 14 years. Yeah. So you had 14 Eastpo. champions since then. So Eastpo won a couple. Yeah, and he came up in the world. Phil, Phil was still coaching, so he won, what, two more, one more, whatever? Two more. Um, two more. Two more. Uh, I'm just trying to get to the top 15. But Phil was I'm, already in the top 15. Spolstra wasn't, and Spolstra has a case now, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Spolstra has a case. Rick Carlisle yeah. won one. Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee. Frank Bud Vogel. just won. Budenholzer. Vogel, well, Vogel or whatever. I guess you got to give him that. But yeah. I would think most people would think Doc Rivers is a better coach than Vogel, but whatever. Budenholzer. Um, Kerr. Oh, Kerr. Kerr. Yeah, man, it's going to be hard to keep Kerr out of there. And, and uh, Spolstra is going to make a My real guy nice himself, too. So here we go. Here, here, here are all the coaches since 2008. Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, Rick Carlisle, Scott Brooks, Greg Popovich twice. Steve Kerr. He was already there, though. Multiple times. Yeah. Wow. Steve Kerr is the, entr- is, the en- is the new entrant. Is Steve Kerr for sure. And then also Spolstra. Got to take that real seriously. Real seriously. Yeah. So those are two right there. Now, Nick one of the Nurse, things when Nurse you continue Spolster. to coach, like Doc has for many different organizations, is you can have your ups and downs, right? So Spolster's only ever been with the Heat, has not had time to have ups and downs the same way Doc has. 
Um, yeah, and yeah. Yet, but I, I just was, I just was, because when we talk about top fifteen of all time, yeah. and you start looking at who has won championships, I don't think Scotty Brooks is on the same level as Doc Rivers. But so, Steve know, Kerr, well, Steve Kerr's in there and though, Spolstra, right? yeah, but so, not. But this, this has happened since he won his championship, right? So, yeah, so key in you know, in two thousand ten, the Lakers lost that two zero lead, and Celtics lost that two zero lead, right? So, and but like I'm saying, if you were to add this to the equation, man. This will be probably the biggest stain on his resume. If they, meantime, if, they, if they were to lose a 3-0 lead. Meantime, yeah, again, meantime. No, it's never happened before. What should we – oh, 3-0 lead. 3-0 lead. Yeah. What should we talk about at 9 – in this segment, right? right now, we spend a lot of time talking about NFTs and Doc Rivers. And what should the Jags do? Won the vote with almost 36% ahead of baseball's hit-by-pitches issue, Steph Curry's legacy, Odell's closet – it's what should the Jags do with the number one overall pick key? It, that Mel Kiper switched it to Trayvon. What, you, do you agree? I, I I like the Trayvon Walker pick, but if I was Trent Bulky, I would have tried to find me a buyer for the number one overall pick just because it's weak at the top. I would have tried to find me a buyer to build my roster. Mm-hmm. But That's why nobody's cli- trading up. Nobody's you, climbing up to get it. Who are you going though. to get? And you know what that tells me, guys? And so you're stuck with having to take somebody. That tells me teams picking 10 through 20 might have a field day right now because you're going to get someone at 15 that at one point was projected in the top six or seven, right, and feel good. And yet if you're choosing a top 10, you might be like, damn, that other team who who chose 18th got like a comparable guy to what I got. Yeah, no one's trying to trade up for those picks this year. Even every expert we brought on, they're like, nobody's trying to trade up for picks. Even the Giants trying to just trade it down, down for next, next year, year and can't find a buyer so far. It's going to be interesting. Yes. We're locked in tonight. Playoff Yo, games. I'm getting ready to hit up the Vegas Strip. Not for real. I'm getting ready to go ESPN. I'll be on NFL Live for two hours. Two Starting hours, what time, Key? Three to five Eastern time on ESPN. Me and the NFL Live crew. Don't miss getting it. Getting ready to break down that drizzle. NFL Draft ESPN Radio coverage begins here at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Tune in. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.